Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about adrenal insufficiency. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash endocrinology or in the endocrinology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Adrenal insufficiency is where the adrenal glands do not produce enough steroid hormones, particularly cortisol and aldosterone. Steroid hormones are essential for life. Therefore, the condition is life-threatening unless the hormones are replaced. Addison's disease refers specifically to when the adrenal glands have been damaged, resulting in reduced cortisol and aldosterone secretion. This is called primary adrenal insufficiency. The most common cause is autoimmune. Secondary adrenal insufficiency results from inadequate adrenocorticotropic hormone, or ACTH, and a lack of stimulation of the adrenal glands leading to low cortisol. This is the result of loss or damage to the pituitary gland. Secondary adrenal insufficiency can be due to tumours, for example pituitary adenomas, surgery to the pituitary, radiotherapy, Sheehan syndrome, which is where major postpartum hemorrhage causes avascular necrosis of the pituitary gland, and trauma. Tertiary adrenal insufficiency results from inadequate corticotropin-releasing hormone, or CRH, from the hypothalamus. This is usually the result of patients taking long-term oral steroids for more than three weeks, causing suppression of the hypothalamus via negative feedback. When the exogenous steroids, and remember exogenous means originating outside the body, are suddenly withdrawn, the hypothalamus does not wake up fast enough and the endogenous steroids originating inside the body are not produced adequately. Therefore, in patients taking long-term steroids, these steroids need to be tapered down slowly to allow the adrenal access to regain function so that the body starts producing its own steroids again. Next, let's talk about the presentation. The symptoms of adrenal insufficiency are fatigue, muscle weakness, muscle cramps, dizziness and fainting, thirst and craving salt, weight loss, abdominal pain, depression and reduced libido. The signs of adrenal insufficiency are bronze hyperpigmentation of the skin, particularly in the skin creases, and this is due to adrenocorticotropic hormone stimulating melanocytes in the skin to produce melanin, and hypotension, particularly postural hypotension with more than a 20 millimetres of mercury drop in blood pressure on standing. The bronze hyperpigmentation of the skin is caused by excessive ACTH, which stimulates melanocytes to produce melanin. Melanin is the dark pigmentation in the skin. This hyperpigmentation mainly affects the skin creases, for example on the palms of the hand, scar tissue, the lips, and the buccal mucosa on the inside of the cheek. A tom tip for you, if you see a patient in an OSCE exam who may have adrenal insufficiency, check for a medical alert bracelet 
which is warned to alert medical services that they're steroid dependent if they become unconscious. Pointing out this medical alert bracelet to your examiner will show that you really know what you're talking about when it comes to adrenal insufficiency. Next let's talk about the investigations. Hyponatremia or a low sodium is a key biochemical finding and this may be the only presenting feature of adrenal insufficiency. Other potential biochemical findings can occur but remember that normal results do not exclude the diagnosis. It can cause hyperkalemia or high potassium, hypoglycemia or a low glucose level, raised creatinine and urea due to dehydration and hypercalcemia or a high calcium level. The early morning cortisol level taken between 8 and 9 in the morning may be low and this has a role in investigations but it's often falsely normal. The short synactin test is the test of choice for diagnosing adrenal insufficiency. Adrenocorticotropic hormone or ACTH can be measured directly. The ACTH level is high in primary adrenal insufficiency as the pituitary is producing lots of ACTH without negative feedback in the absence of cortisol. The ACTH level is low in secondary adrenal insufficiency. Autoantibodies may be present in autoimmune adrenal insufficiency, including adrenal cortex antibodies and 21 hydroxylase antibodies. A CT or MRI scan of the adrenal glands can be helpful if suspecting structural pathology of the adrenal glands. They're not routinely required. An MRI scan of the pituitary will give further information about structural pituitary pathology such as pituitary tumours. So let's talk in more detail about the short synacthen test. The short synacthen test is also known as the ACTH stimulation test and it's the test of choice for diagnosing adrenal insufficiency. It's ideally performed in the morning when the adrenal glands are the most fresh. The test involves giving a dose of synacthen which is synthetic ACTH. The blood cortisol level is checked before and 30 and 60 minutes after the dose. The synthetic ACTH dose should stimulate healthy adrenal glands to produce plenty of cortisol. The level of cortisol should at least double in response to the dose. A failure of cortisol to double indicates either primary adrenal insufficiency or Addison's disease or very significant adrenal atrophy after a prolonged absence of ACTH in secondary adrenal insufficiency. The long synacthen test was used to distinguish between primary adrenal insufficiency and adrenal atrophy due to secondary adrenal insufficiency. It's rarely used now because checking the ACTH level will give the same answer. ACTH is high in primary adrenal insufficiency and low in secondary adrenal insufficiency. Next let's talk about management. Treatment of adrenal insufficiency is with replacement steroids titrated to the signs, symptoms and electrolytes. Hydrocortisone, which is a glucocorticoid steroid, is used to replace cortisol. Fludrocortisone, which is a mineralocorticoid steroid, 
is used to replace aldosterone if aldosterone is also insufficient. Patients are given a steroid card, ID tag and emergency letter to alert emergency services that they are dependent on steroids for life. This way if the person is found unconscious, the emergency services will know that they probably need a dose of steroids. Doses should not be missed as they're essential to life. The doses are doubled during an acute illness to match the normal steroid response to illness. Patients and close contacts are taught how to give intramuscular hydrocortisone in an emergency. Finally, let's talk about adrenal crisis. Adrenal crisis, which is also known as Addisonian crisis, describes an acute presentation of severe adrenal insufficiency, where the absence of steroid hormones leads to a life-threatening emergency. Adrenal crisis presents with reduced consciousness, hypotension or a low blood pressure, hypoglycemia or a low glucose level, hyponatremia which is a low sodium level and hyperkalemia which is a high potassium level. Adrenal crisis may be the initial presentation of adrenal insufficiency or it may be triggered by infection, trauma or some other acute illness in somebody who has established adrenal insufficiency. Do not wait to perform investigations and establish a definitive diagnosis before starting treatment in suspected adrenal crisis. Management involves an ABCDE approach to initial assessment and arranging transfer to hospital, intramuscular or intravenous hydrocortisone, and the initial dose is usually 100 milligrams followed by an infusion or six hourly doses, intravenous fluid resuscitation, correcting hypoglycemia, for example with intravenous dextrose, and carefully monitoring the electrolytes and fluid balance. So thanks for listening to this episode on adrenal insufficiency. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast, and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about type 1 diabetes.